Welcome to the future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum, the first engaged to earn proof of attention IDO launchpad. Hosted by co-founder and CEO, Natya Vester, we bring you exclusive insights on NFTs, the revolutionary digital technology that's transforming the world as we know it. Hello, guys. How are you? Hey, Eddie. How's it going? I haven't seen you for a long time. Is it a couple of months already? I know. It's amazing how quickly time passes. And in the meantime, we are all just hoping for to for those green signals to go up, up, up. But time just seems to pass and nothing is happening. You know, one one day in, um, in crypto world is like, I don't know, a month in the normal time. <laughs> no, I think in this year, I've probably added 10 more wrinkles and 30 gray hairs. So, so for the sake of my appearance, I hope that the market picks up. Uh, you will. Don't worry. It's just a matter of time. But then we're but all, we're all going to get into the metaverse, so we'll all look much better over there, right? It is. that That's the reason why it exists, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just vanity of old people like us. <laughs> Oh, let me not speak for you. I'll speak for myself only. <laughs> no, I, I think it's for everyone. Uh, that, that's the reason why, you know, evading the reality and going to the metaverse is going to be very profitable. Exactly. So we are going to give it just a little bit more time for the room to fill up and then we're going to get going. Uh, no problem. understand. But it's good seeing you again. I mean, it has been a couple of months and a lot of changes as well. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, you know, this is the cool thing about these last few months is everyone has gone indoors, you know, barrowed in their, I don't know, their underground bunkers, but everyone's building. So whenever you catch up with someone, there's a whole host of new updates until, you know, from the last time you spoke to them, even though... On the surface, not much communication has taken place, but yeah, a lot of big changes, I think, internally with lots of different companies. So I'm very excited to be getting into some of this with you today. I'm looking forward as well. You know, uh, the, the thing that stunned me the no most, you know, Lawrence, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the time that he pinged me, I said, Eddie, I'm sending you an NFT. I said, you doing NFT, Lawrence? <laughs> you know, he's a granddaddy. It, that uh, is the first one. It's so cool because Lawrence sent my son an NFT and it's the first, and if, you know, my son is not into any of, the, uh, any of this and it's the first NFT that my son received and he was like, huh, okay, pretty cool. So who knew that Lawrence would be the one to introduce my son to the world of NFTs and not me, so... <laughs> <laughs> He's doing his duty for the industry. Yeah, there goes. I hope Lawrence is listening in. You know, he was like, Eddie, I'm going to send you NFT. And the next day, have you received it? I was like, <laughs> no. And, and then he, he didn't know how to send it, I think. I, I, it's the first for everyone, you know. And then the next day, he said, did you receive it? I said, no. <laughs> yeah, exciting times. All right. Well, I see the room is filling up pretty nicely. So I think let's get into it and yeah, let's get this conversation going. So hey, Web3 world, this is Nacha Besta from Adlunum and you are listening to The Future of NFTs, the show that looks beyond current NFT use cases to what non-fungible technology is evolving into. All this as seen through the eyes and built by the minds of the fascinating guest speakers we speak to each week. 
Adlunum is building the industry's first IDEO launchpad with a proof of attention allocation mechanism. Our engaged to earn platform features dynamic NFT investor profiles and NFT fractionalization. And we are the first launchpad to flip the IDEO model on its head by rewarding attention with allocation, powered, of course, by the secret source that NFTs bring to the table. So join us live each Tuesday for an hour of deep dive insights into the world of NFTs, while our sister show, Diving Into Crypto, continues the conversation each Thursday. So be sure to catch both shows to get the latest and the greatest from our thought leader, change maker guests in this game-changing industry. So on to today, we are getting trendy. With recent statistics indicating that Nike is the company with the highest grossing metaverse sales revenue in the world, quite surprising, it is clear that Web3 is more about first mover advantage than it is about a distinction between Web2 and Web3 companies. And of course, fashion is the industry vertical that is leading the pack. So I'm very excited to be speaking today with Eddie Huang, the co-founder and CEO of Crazy Meta, about the evolution of fashion from physical objects as we've known them to digital wearables and what role NFTs can play in this relationship. So if you'd like to ask Eddie a question, you can do so at the end of the hour when I'll be opening it up to questions. And at that time, you can either put in a speaker request or you can DM your question to the Adlunum Twitter handle at Adlunum INC. I am dialing in from the Balkans where the European heatwave has been absolutely driving us crazy. So Eddie, I hope that you are having more pleasant weather wherever you happen to be in the world. Where are you calling in from today? I'm uh, in south of China, actually. And um, we are in the same, I, I think you're one hour early than, than, than what we are right now. But yes, uh, the heat wave is killing everyone. <laughs> we are just praying yeah. for winter and snow and fireplaces and, I don't know, marshmallows and whatever it is we do in winter because summer needs to end. Crypto summer needs to start, but physical summer needs to end. Exactly. Exactly. It is. I'm very keen to get into the first question of the hour because I know that your experience with the fashion industry has come a long way, way before buzzwords like NFTs and the metaverse even existed. So I'm going to jump right in there. Tell us more about you, your background, and how it came to be that your journey led you here to this very point where we are talking about Crazy Meta. Sure. And thank you very much for the question. So basically, I'm, I'm, I'm not like what the fashion person that you are like deeming it to be. Um, a little bit of my background is that in 2015, I have a startup that I've uh, raised to about 80 rounds. And um, uh, it, it was in fintech, in copy trading, if you guys know about those. Uh, but it was in more traditional model of equity as well as futures. In 2018, I, I took it up one notch that I wanted to do like copy trading for crypto. And I experienced a little bit of a wild ride on the wild side with ICO. Thereafter, I, I, I started a factory with my immediate family, which is uh, this part of the world. Uh, the manufacturing hub of the world, which is China. Uh, it's not in fashion, but it's in cosmetic that we do a lot of OEM, which is like we do the brand, we, we, we um, take care of the um, solution for brands. 
And from there, I, I do have like I, I did start a department that is solely concentrated in uh, Amazon, eBay, as well as drop shipping. So basically, this experiences has a lot of implication of what we are doing right now, because uh, crazy matter as a whole is is not only uh, doing fashion and NFTs, uh, sneakers in particular, but we are making it physical as well, which I'm going to let you guys know a little bit more in the um, coming up questions as well. Yeah, I find that very interesting how all of these different elements that your history has included really then leads you to this moment where you are bringing together the fintech aspect, you know, whether that's in crypto or in the traditional or more traditional finance industry. And as you say, the wild ride of ICOs that yeah, has come and gone and we've all learned a lot from them. Um, and also from the manufacturing side, you know, getting your hands dirty, knowing how it kind of works to get from an, a conception to a final product. And also in terms of the Amazon drop shipping element, really just bringing all of those uh, aspects into what now is Crazy Meta. So I'm curious how did you then get into NFTs and the metaverse specifically uh, in terms of fashion? Sure. Um, thank you very much for, for you, you linking up every single thing. So it, it was like a year ago that uh, the whole market is, is, is booming. And um, what really happened was that there wasn't anything happening because of COVID. Everybody is like uh, caught in it. And, and seriously, all the business has been affected, especially because once you're in manufacturing and stuff, the, the workers couldn't come. And even they come back, it's like you open one day and close the other. So it's really, really a very tough time for everyone. Uh, but what really happened was that because of my previous startup, I had one investors that has invested in an in, uh, anime company that um, basically he's trying to outsource a lot of work from this anime company to an outsource company that is doing all the 3D assets and stuff. So what, what really happened was that uh, uh, throughout the um, startup journey, I, I got to meet some studios that I'm very good friends with. Um, his name is um, John. So basically, I took that contract and I went into 3D arena. And basically, I, I saw like they are working overtime every single day. And, and their orders stretch for months. Like, like even you want to give them an order right now, you will, they can only like take it in 2023. And, and, and that is a very big difference when you compare to what reality is. And when you compare to someone that is so busy that they are overtiming every single day. So that, that got me um, thinking about what the reality is all about, you know. And metaverse really happened. And basically, um, I, I, the, the whole journey that I've uh, shared with you guys, because I've gone through the startup journey of not only the up and the downs, the rejections of uh, VCs, the, the uh, excitement of really getting the funding to A round, and, and of course, the Wild West of not only raising on the equity as well as the token side. And, and the production manufacturing, you know, by every single thing, I think everything happened for a reason. In a sense, it's like, it, it just happened one day that, that you say, this is where the future lies. I mean, it's not a dream. It's not a concept. You're looking at some, a studio of about 49 person that, that is working overtime every single night and they cannot fulfill orders for it. I mean, I, as a business person for so long, you need not even think twice. So the second thing that I was like thinking, so what are we going to do? Uh, what, 
I mean, fashion would be one thing that you have to get into. Basically, the reason is very simple: that once you get into the metaverse, everybody needs to have a very unique、uh, look and feel. But because of fashion category is so diverse, you have to find one. And、uh, th- there was this.、Uh, there is actually, it's not was.、Uh, this startup called Artifact、uh, at that time dropped about six hundred twenty pairs of sneakers, sold out in five minutes, and it's all virtual. And and the total amount they raised three point one million. And that came to me like, hey, I have a studio over here, and we are able to do manufacturing as well as productions. We are in geographically. Uh, advantage、uh, position in the whole world that we are the manufacturing hub. Why don't we just combine every single thing together? And at the same time,、uh, it's a very unique offering at the time because、uh, number one, there is not very a lot of a, a lot of、uh, teams, a lot of startups that are doing NFT plus physical. That's number one. Number two, even if you are doing physical, you are not able to come into this space of so-called sneakers. Because it's so difficult to do. I mean, I I only learn about that. I do have the experiences of manufacturing, but at the same time, sneakers as a as a product category, if you are not in in this part of the world, is 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 never going to happen. Because once you walk into a factory, they're asking how many millions of shoes、um, do you want to manufacture in order to get the orders in. You know, and and. You know, we 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 done it. I mean, through connections and through a lot of、uh, persuading and selling dreams, we're able to cut down that making of a customized version of sneakers can come down to about one thousand two hundred eighty-eight pairs. So that started the whole thing, and um, yeah, that's that's how I got into this arena of NFTs because we already know how to do the two D or three Ds, and、uh, at the same time, we we have the manufacturing part of this as well. So I package it up, and、uh, because I've gone through funding experiences as well, and I try to take it back to the sixteen investors that invested in me、uh, from the previous startup. Unfortunately, they do not invest in crypto, and and that was the time that I I got to meet Lawrence, and that was four months and five months ago that I come to meet you. That that's the whole story. Yeah, thank you for that. Just for the to put this into context、uh, for the audience. So Lawrence is Lawrence Hudson、uh, at Lunum, co-founder and CTO, which is how we got to know Eddie and、uh, Crazy Met and Crazy Meta. But Eddie, what I really love about your story is, first of all, this agility of almost like a COVID resilience, which I felt like is some, which I feel is something that all of us have had to cultivate, whether this is on a personal level or on a professional business level, where COVID really threw a spanner into the mix, and you had to adapt or die. And it, from your story, I can hear you know this agility in order to shift gears and to do something different, but also. The true entrepreneurial quality of spotting an opportunity, as you said, this is not just a concept or of a, or a dream. This is the future, and you are either going to get on board or you are going to get left behind. And I love how what really stands out for me is not only this agility and this ability to you know spot trends and spot opportunities when they present themselves, but also playing on existing strengths. So whether this is the fact that you are so connected in this part of the world to manufacturing hubs, really that power the whole the whole、uh, the whole world, and also previous fundraising experience, I think it's a very good example of 
how an entrepreneur can come into crypto and even though this industry might be new, really leveraging all of those other skills and experiences that you picked up in other industries. So on to Crazy Meta, you have mentioned uh, NFTs plus physical. So I'm very curious for the audience to learn more about what is Crazy Meta and especially what is unique about your approach to NFTs? Sure. Thank you for your questions again. Um, so in a nutshell, what Crazy Matter is, is we are creating wearable NFTs that not only will be existing in the virtual world of online games, um, also existing on the uh, popular metaverse. Think of it that way. After you have mint the NFTs, you are able to wear it in Roblox or in Minecraft when you're playing the character and you're so proud of it because that 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 uh, piece of the accessories that you have placed on the character itself, uh, you, you just minted it. And, and that's the only one in the whole world and you own it. And, and that for say is like, it's the same thing when you go into the sandbox as well. You can put it on to the uh, avatar and then you can go into the metaverse that uh, you can listen to a virtual concert, dance, and then you can just scream out loud that, look at my shoes. Because you can stare at it, you can look at it, but you are not going to own it because I own it. And that is the only unique piece of it in, in the whole world because you minted it. So not only that, not only are we doing on the virtual side of online games as well as metaverse, we are making it physical as well. Meaning that there will be a real physical uh, sneakers that is corresponding to um, the, the design of the NFTs. Although we cannot custom make one for one, we are picking the more popular colors and, and you are able to, after you purchase NFTs, you, you qualify to next time will be purchased, whereas for Genesis launch, you would be, uh, be sent, uh, just like e-commerce, right? I, I was, we were sent you like a physical uh, sneakers of, of that same NFT shape uh, that you are able to hold on to it, you are able to stare on it, stare at it, and then you are able to wear it. So basically, we, we, we pride ourselves that we are moving throughout the dimensions that once the NFT is, is minted, you, you, you are able to bring it to the virtual and, and you are able to have it in the physical. So that has been um, the DNA or the so-called what the visions of, of the crazy matter that, that we started off with. So got it. DNA of crazy meta is hold, stay and wear. Very, very short and sweet. Love it. So I want to know uh, where did the name crazy meta come from and how does that link into the vision of the company? Sure. Now, um, I'm more to the business side. My CTO is more, uh, you know, visionary, like he sees what the, the metaverse is all about. Uh, he sees that the future is basically crazy. I mean, you get into the metaverse, you, you can be anyone, you can wear anything, and no one dictates it. Not brands, not anyone. No one can say that what you're wearing is absurd or, or is out of place. You just do whatever. And basically, it comes back to to just being boundless. Um, yeah, crazy just got into the mind, and that was the time I think it was like, December of last year, um, uh, Facebook just changed to Meta, and and I I saw it that 
uh, this is where we want to go. And the CTO, Alex, uh, if he were to be here, he would be very uh, so passionate about saying how he, how he see the future to be. But on my side, it's like, hey, what better word for, for what we are heading toward than the word crazy? And not only with that word, the logo itself, we, we spent about two sleepless nights to look for it. It's essentially, we wanted something out of the park crazy as well as intelligent, but we couldn't find anything immediately. But at the end of the day, the representation of our logo would be Einstein with a VR headset. So uh, that, that, is, that is where we uh, started off with the whole ideologies of what we want to move forward with. So... Einstein being crazy but intelligent is a very good uh, summary of that man. And I think, you know, talking about what Crazy Meta does, this idea of being boundless in the metaverse, but doing it in a way that is not just chaotic for the sake of, but doing it with a certain kind of purpose, with a vision behind it, is very powerful. So, on that note, I want to know then, um, this idea of being in the metaverse, you know, being anyone, whoever you want, wearing whatever you want, um, this crazy sort of sandbox experience of guiding your experiences in a certain way that is perhaps not possible in the physical world due to all of the rules and boundaries and restrictions that we have and also lack of resources coming back to, uh, to you know, the topic of fashion. Um, but fashion, of course, is a big, huge business. Um, it's, I mean, the industry itself is like a $3 trillion industry, which is insane, crazy. And it employs almost 3.4 million people around the world, 2% of the world's uh, GDP how are NFTs and the metaverse changing this giant fashion industry? Because there are now all of these new possibilities that previously certainly wasn't possible without these technologies. And now we are seeing that we are moving into a completely different direction where, as you, as you say, things are coming uh, together in a way that's very crazy compared to the way that, you know, business before. So how are these two technologies really changing the future of, uh, of fashion and, and what it's all about? It goes back to the ideologies of what uh, Metaverse is all about. I think uh, it's very subjective because the Metaverse could be like a social place for you, but it could be like an explorative uh, environment for me. So like the NFT connected to this, we're basically we in our perspective as Crazy Matter is that we we want to open it out um, to to everyone. So we would have a DAO interoperability uh, layer that anyone who have a dream about or a vision or maybe a student from New York or Pakistan or Singapore can just design something that they think would be disruptive or, or something that everybody would like this is in their visions or not it's not in our visions and go through this uh dial and interoperable layer and and if if it has been voted through we are going to make it into 2d like uh, the whole procedures of what we are doing with the sneakers and then it will be brought into the virtual world of games as well as metaverse itself and i bet that uh, as you have said you know because fashion is, is is so diverse and it's so subjective 
that I think someone is going to pick it up. And and the the difference between us compared to a lot of fashions brands and stuff like that, we we are making combining NFTs into the wearable space to make it into a very uh, subjective, a very uh, limited edition. So meaning that, for example, our sneakers, we are only doing like 1,288 per color. And once it's sold out, we are not going to reproduce it or we are not going to remanufacture it anymore. I mean, we are going to do another total different design and and we are going to move forward with this. So by moving forward, is is disruptive to... I, I mean, we got to really clean the board out that Right now, you're seeing other people going to the metaverse as we wearing like neon clothing and stuff like that. But those are still dictated by some designers or some brands. Uh, what we see is that it's totally clean slate, that uh, everybody has their own right of, of customizing and, and uh, putting every single thing. You just feel right what you want inside a world of what you want to do inside. And, and that is how we are thinking that disruptive will, will be changing the whole scene in total, to, to, totality. Very interesting. You mentioned the metaverse being very subjective. So it could either be a social experience for one person and some kind of explorative experience for someone else. But I find it so fascinating how the approach that you are taking at Crazy, Crazy Meta is this idea that uh, what, what came to mind for me was this ad from Apple, you know, the think different ad um, that Steve Jobs made, really made Apple into a standout brand. And it sounds that what you are doing with really giving the average designer, someone who might not even be a professional designer, as you said, it could be someone, a student in New York or in Pakistan or in Singapore, where they are really able to have influence on what people around the world are wearing so this idea of almost democratizing nft fashion metaverse design that's really really interesting and that leads me into my next question because as you said typically what we are seeing at the moment in the metaverse are a very specific stylistic approach to okay if you're in the metaverse you will look like this and of course, this is really determined by a handful of designers who are, you know, who have the creative uh, freedom in order to kind of guide what the, the world is going to see as the metaverse. But so what we've been seeing in the news, leading fashion brands, you know, from the traditional world, they are all over Web3. And if you think about consumers who right now, if you were to ask them, what is crypto, they would barely be able to explain what is happening in this industry. But at the same time, those very consumers are being issued NFTs. They are joining parties in the metaverse. So it seems as though the traditional fashion industry is really getting into this technology. So why do you think that fashion is so ready for Web3? And how important is fashion then for mass adoption in this space? Now, um, I've read a lot of articles on this, but uh, in summary, I think the metaverse is still perception. So uh, you, you cannot touch anything right now. You cannot feel anything right now. You cannot smell anything right now. It's, it's about visual. So what you see is who you are. 
So just put it into the more traditional term. It's like if I wear a suit and if there's a Lamborghini beside me, I, I should be higher class than anyone. It's, it's all about social status. Yeah. And it's the same thing. You, you go into like uh, the metaverse currently because of the different senses are still not uh, incompatible to, to uh, others. So it's only seeing that is proving. Yeah. So what is seeing is basically what you wear, uh, how you look, and what's your hairstyle, what's, what's your clothing, is it branded or not branded. So the social status thing is still in a metaverse right now. Yeah, but when it comes to Gen Z, I don't know. Uh, in time to come, when the technology is, is much improved, it could be like Gen Z Z. It is completely different. I mean, who would care about whether you are having a Paris brand or whether you are having uh, a, a renowned designer? At the time, they, they would be more assertive and, and maybe the technology will allow them to have more functionality that they are able to say that. I, I don't what what is brand I am who I am I like to be who what I, what I'm wearing and I design it this is my NFTs well I have it and you don't have it and 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 I think the assertiveness will come uh, basically with the growth of the technologies as well as the maturity of of the of the space itself uh, that that is my our visions yeah uh, that's the reason why with this vision, we, we are doing the down into operable layer that think, think of it as like fashion in crowdsourcing. It's like after you source it, yeah, this is the acceptable one. It's not like people from top up that says that because I put a Gucci over there or Versace that it should be branded. No, it's, it's, it's the uh, DAO commu community that says that, hey, I voted for you. That's the reason why this, this, this is what I like. And I like this color. That's why I'm going to wear it. So just design it. You pass it, and we'll make it. So I, I think that that's the thing that that what we are doing in in concert of what we believe the the next step would be. So of course, I mean, I I do not deny that right now it's still people are wearing the branded um, from polo to Italian brands inside the metaverse in their shoulder status. Uh, but uh, we are we're seeing that well. Um, less less time show what it will grow into, and that is our vision of what it should be. Yeah, I think what you touched on is such an important point because we are looking at things from our own perspective. But if you look to the next generation and how differently they live and how differently they see the world. We can imagine that the future is going to not be business as usual. I had the experience this weekend of going uh, sneaker shopping with my son. Uh, he's 16. Yes, I had to think for a second. He's 16 and, you know, he's really in that mindset of I am an individual and I do not want to beat to anyone else's drum. And we walked from shop to shop to shop because he didn't want to buy any well-known brands. He wanted quality shoes, but at the same time, there should be no designer logo on them because he's not one of those people. And I think what you touch on is really so important that this idea of fashion crowdsourcing, where as humans, we still like you know, to be part of a group. So that sort of hive mind still exists. But the question is, who are the people making those decisions? So in the traditional fashion world, 
it's fashion buyers and designers and very specific key people that really end up influencing how the entire world looks and dresses at any given time. But in this model that Crazy Meta is working towards, it's a question of if people collectively come together and agree that something is a good design, then that is what we are going for. And so this collective brand building and collective, you know, expanding of what design is all about, I think that's very powerful because it speaks both to how Gen Z sees the world, but also really the ethos of Web3 as a whole, where it's not about the authority figures at the top, but it's about people really coming together and making the world into something that they want to be in, as opposed to what all these top-down leaders are telling us what the world should be. But this then, you know, inspires a very important question because there's all of this buzz at the moment about these existing fashion brands that are getting into Web3. And I mean, let's face it, it is devouring the bulk of the media attention. On the other hand, there are also many, many Web3 first projects that are building companies on the foundation of Web3 instead of approaching it, you know, just as an afterthought, as an add-on. So for me, the big question is, in this battle of decades-old established fashion brands versus the new kids on the block, Web3 uh, startups, how do you think, how is this battle going to play off? You have said that you think that ultimately people are going to move away from this model of, oh, I'm wearing Louis Vuitton and I'm wearing Versace and that gives me my social status to one, a world where people very honor individuality and self-expression more. But what do you think this trajectory is going to look like? Because there's a lot of old fashion money going into I'm ex fashion brand, so let me conquer and rule the metaverse. So do you think that Web3 companies that don't have that same sort of backing uh, is going to be able to rise to the top? Uh, my personal opinion about this is that the market is just too big. And just like what you have given the statistics that uh, is 2% of the whole GDP of the whole world that is in fashion. So the, the, the slice is big enough that that you, you, they, they, there are so many brands that has coexisted right now in the traditional world. It's just that it's going to multiply in the metaverse. Yeah, if you if you think that the populations of three billions right now, the gamers is already three billions. Yeah, and if we think that hey, the metaverse is going to consist of about four billion or even five billion, so the market is going to get bigger, and 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 basically everybody coexists. I mean, the brands will still survive. They could have a bigger slice. Whereas for the customized and personalized as as well, uh, they are going to exist as well. Like for, for us, what we think about is very simple. We, we are not thinking that how are we going to like uh, beat the brands, which we, which is not in, which is impossible to start off with because of, of the re the revenue that they are getting and the attention and the media ads and whatever. We just need to just like what you said about um, Apple. We, we just have to do a great design. We, we have to come up with a great product. And then we just have to have our own niche. Uh, I think the model that we are going to, to, to follow through, if, if there is like a conventional model that we are able to morph into the metaverse or so-called, 
try to emulate what they are doing is like supreme. Uh, I've studied it thoroughly. Um, there's only one word to like describe about supreme. It's like they they only do one thing, which is scarcity, and that scarcity word just ring a bell with NFTs as well, and with um, with with the current trend as well. So we we are designing various um, designs that collectively are, are able to accept, and once they accepted it, they are going to pay for it, and then they are going to wear it, and and they are going to move up to to the next level and, and quickly we are going to move up to the next next design and and it could be from all over the world it could be like from different part of the world from spain from from india from as i said earlier from china so everybody would like like the trend right now even like today like the kols as well as influencer so once that once that design go out i i bet that someone else is gonna like it and and point number four that I totally believe in is that we just need to concentrate on doing that part, which is great design, great products. We will definitely survive through. Maybe not as big as the number one, but you know, we will we will be the disruptive one in 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 the way that we are doing it our way. But at the same time, we would have the community supports. Just like if you go into YouTube right now and you just type Supreme. I, I bet the first video that comes out in the search is, is this um, video that shows people are queuing up Supreme Store when they are releasing a, a bag or a t-shirt and stuff like that. Because th- there are collectors, there are fanatic um, followers. So this, this is the way that we see us as Crazy Matter, that we are heading to it. And yeah, so hopefully that it works, you know. Uh, but uh, with the current trajectory that what we are releasing, we got a lot of positive feedbacks. And, and basically, we believe that before it released, I think it's totally sold out already for the first batch. Yeah, that is great. And I wish you all the best. I think that the approach that you are taking and also really what you said encapsulates for me something that's a greater conversation to be had about Web3 in general there are a lot of existing traditional companies in every vertical who are opening their eyes to, you know, the opportunities and the promise that Web3 holds. And yes, it's impossible to beat them. And there are a lot of people who continue and will continue to follow those traditional companies into the space and might have no interest in, you know, a Web3 company specifically. But there are also so many com- so many uh, people, individuals, and it's a growing number of people who want to support companies that are more individualistic in the sense that it's not about, you know, the big brand and just getting behind the big brand, but really to align themselves with whatever these smaller brands are doing. And I think this is, as we were mentioning earlier about Gen Z, I think this is also a trend that we are seeing, uh, a change where previous generations were very, very loyal to specific brands. Whereas nowadays, it's not so much about the loyalty to one brand, but it's more how aligned is this brand to what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And so it really, I think, I think ultimately in the end, not just in fashion, but in Web3 in general, there is space for everyone. It just depends on 
who you as a company are and how you are able to reach people who have the same vision and the same outlook that you do. So speaking of, you know, this idea of what the future holds, what do you think, what are the future of NFTs and how is it going to change from what we are seeing in the market today? Um, again, we have, uh, it's, it's all from personal opinions as well as we have done the research in order to do what the startup is going to head forward for. Um, basically, this crash that, that we are looking at is going to like uh, weed out the, uh, the first generation of, of the NFTs that, that are just JPEG. And I, I you know, uh, we all heard about this Singaporean lady that took selfies and sought for. I don't know, 1.2 million. And later they got funding for 2.1 million. So personally, you know, I'm, I'm not a beautiful lady that I can take selfie and, and put it up and hopefully I can sell for 1.2 million. But seriously, right? Uh, and personally, I think that era is gone. It's like, hey, there, there's only one bot ape. There's only one Moonbird. There's only one uh, uh, CryptoPunk. You know, uh, you, you, we, we need to, like, the second generation of NFTs, you, you need to have functionalities for it. It's, it's the same, like, uh, if you look at tokens in the beginning, well, you, you just put out tokens and say that, hey, I'm going to raise, uh, whether is it ICO, whether is it IEO, whether is it IDO. And, 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 and initially, other VCs are like, oh, great, you're, you're placing out tokens, let's buy it. And then suddenly, the first generation is totally chopped off that, you, is, is, if, if you do not have a utilities for it, if you have no linkages for your whole ecosystem or how you're going to make revenues, do it tied up and, 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 and basically capitalize on it, it's gone. So I, I personally see the trend as well that, that the second generations of the NFTs is not only 2D or 3Ds, is not whether a famous uh, uh, artist is coming out and hand drawn it, and, and it's going to worth something. And I, I personally think that number one, you're going to have a utility and a usage for it. As, as for example, you have this NFTs that I can get into a VIP, or um, uh, those uh, artists are like giving off the NFTs that you are able to go into a concert and exclusive uh, interviews or something like that. It, it has it has to have like a special privilege connected to the NFT. This is number one. And number two, I truly, truly believe that uh, NFTs were tied up with physical. It's either you buy the NFT, you get a physical, or you will move on to another direction that you buy a physical that you'll get an NFT. Um, basically, the, the proof of ownership, the proof of individuality, the proof of uh, you getting, getting it is all going to be like, I, I see the trend and basically we are heading toward the trend and hopefully the foresight as well as what we think it would happen would happen because this will be great for crazy matter because we are, we, we are heading in this front and we have been deep in development as well as research of doing this as well, which is from NFTs to physical, which tie back up to a utility base of the whole ecosystem that give back to the community. So this is what we think. 
While I agree with you about the first generation versus second generation, I'm very sorry to hear that I've missed my chance to sell my selfies. Maybe not for millions, but, you know, I I never tried. So I don't know how much I would have gone for. (laughs) I will buy it. (laughs) So if anyone here today is interested, maybe we can do this experiment. But, yeah, it's all going to be face only. So (laughs) I don't know how much that's going to be worth. Um, Yeah, but I really agree with you on this weeding out of what was the almost initial proof of concept for NFTs. But I mean, as with any technology, we need a starting point. And then from there, we have innovative, visionary people who take that technology and run with it and also the business aspect and runs with it. And so certainly, as with most things in Web3 and also in the world, if there's no utility, then it will never be long-lasting. It always is then some, simply a short-term high wave that we are riding and surfing, but the inevitable crash is going to come if there's no sustainability uh, underlying it. But what I found really fascinating, your idea of, um, I mean, not, not your idea, but you know your entire business model of um, offering NFTs that are tied up with physical objects And how that really translates to proof of ownership and proof of individuality in a sense that you cannot get from only something being on chain. So I could have 10 bored apes and 20 crypto punks, but if I'm walking down the street, people won't know that I have this. And since so much of these kind of NFTs ride on this, you know, social incentive that you get from owning something... It is really fascinating to think what the future could hold. For example, Tiffany's recently um, had this CryptoPunk pendants that they sold. You had the NFT and you also have the physical object. And I think this is really this idea of merging what is on chain with also what are you wearing, for example, if you're speaking about fashion, while you are out there in the real world. But speaking of what the future holds for this technology in terms of more and more people coming on board. Um, There were recent statistics, for example, from the Pew Center for Research that said 49% of all Americans have heard of an NFT, but at the same time of that 49%, 46% have invested and are not happy with their investment because, of course, the market has seen this spectacular downturn that we are all just surviving through. So what do you see, what is hindering progress and also mass adoption for NFTs during this time? You know, we, we have gone through a lot of up and downs. I I believe this is a bleep uh, when we look back at it like five years later and look back and when, that, that would be recording of us talking about this, right? So basically it's, it's, it's a blip. In a sense, it's like it's going to clear out the, the, the weakest link. Uh, yes, you and I, we all know that there are too many scammers outside trying to make a quick buck. And and yeah, I mean, uh, basically, time is the only factor that, that I think. If you can survive right now, um, it, it will go up. I mean, Bitcoin will forever be there and, 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 and it will be higher than the 60, I think 67,000. It, it could be go, going up to 89. Don't quote me, of course. I'm not a TA. Uh, basically, you, you'll be a higher high and then a lower low. So, again, just to answer you very directly, I think um, 
is, is just time, holding back technologies, another one, which, um, you know, with the adoptions of, of metaverse, uh, if you can put a, a lens on it rather than wearing a whole bulky uh, fish tank onto your face, uh, that will change the whole perceptions. And wh- whatever people, just imagine, whatever people wear then and there, if you buy it, it's individually just NFTs. And and if you are into statistics and, and if the test statistics shows that the metaverse is going to be populated by, I don't know, 4 billion. So just imagine 4 billion goes in and whatever they, they are going to wear, every single one will be NFTs. And, and suddenly we are going up the roof with, with, with the numbers already. But to be very frank about it, um, you know, uh, what I personally think about this winter is going to be like um, going to be shorter than the previous time. But of course, right now, it's very different timing because we have war, we have inflation, we have famine. So but all this is just a blip if you look at it long term. So wait for it. The upturn will be there. And if we survive through this, we'll be stronger. And yeah, we, we will definitely move forward. Absolutely. I mean, we are seeing unprecedented market conditions from the macro perspective. But at the same time, as you say, these blips have come and gone repeatedly since I've been in crypto years ago. And even before I got into crypto, I mean, of course, the highs and lows were not so great then. But this is a trend that we see each and every year. And we know that we get into it. And this weeding out of, you know, you say the weakest link There are so many opportunistic people that come into crypto when we are in a bull market. But as soon as the going gets tough, those are the first people to disappear. It really, those who stay during the bear market that we are in right now, those are the builders. Those are people who have a vision for something. And when the next bull market comes around, um, we'll see what they've been building, as you and I were discussing at at the beginning of this spaces. Um, and absolutely, at the end of the day, time is the great healer, not only in terms of breakups and other emotional wounds, but also in the <laughs> market. We know that what goes down will go up again. So, exactly. Eddie, I'm going to ask you the final question before we open it up to the audience for some questions. So, in the meantime, audience, if you want to ask Eddie a question, please put in a speaker request or you can just DM your, your question to the at Lunum Twitter handle. Um, so final question from my side, you have been sharing so much insight with us uh, in terms of fashion, in the NFT metaverse, wearables, physical versus digital space. But what is your philosophy around the concept of crypto and this whole Web3 technology stack changing lives? I, I think the drive would be like, uh, you know, there are like a lot of naysayers uh, that are billionaires as well saying that the Web3 is a hoax that, um, you know, once you get in, it's like a, the, the there will be people controlling it and stuff like that. So it's, I mean, to be very frank about it, my philosophy is very simple. It's, it's either you want to get in and just accept what it is. I'm not saying that we cannot change it, but I'm just saying that, well, uh, you know, do not blame the, um, uh, is it, do not blame the game. Just do not blame the players, blame the game. So the game is there. So it's either you want to play the game or you don't want to play the game. But the truth is, 
if 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 the if the 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 trend is it is, I mean, are we going to not going to use a browser that is connected to a wallet? And what happens if all the websites are not going to need a login anymore, but ask you to connect to your wallet? I mean, it's it's a matter of surviving um, throughout the trend. It's it's either you you are into this, or you are not. So if you are into it already, yeah, you know how the game is being structured. It's either you want to be the person going to do something about it that you have a startup that you want to disrupt it, or you just be a follower and just use it. Yeah, if you're not, if you think that the Web three is not for you, then continue using Web two. Don't go to serve websites that need you to be connected to a a wallet that that uh you know it, it, you need to have uh the crypto for it. And you need to have the Web three elements of it. So, this is a personal choice. I, I personally think about it. Yeah, but you cannot stop the inevitable because all the big money will be throwing in. I mean, how many billions of dollars are in the venture capitalists that are, are, are throwing into money into all the Web three startups, and and that will be the future. So, I, I mean, the choice will be very limited soon. So the only way, just like uh, what the host has said, is like is either you adapt or get out of the game. So that is my philosophy for it. Yeah. So don't hate the player, play the game. And if you don't exactly. want to play the game now, you are gonna have to play the game at some point. Because speaking of you know these Web two platforms, I read earlier today that Facebook or well Meta, as we are now asked to call them. Uh, Facebook has now started um, supporting NFTs as well, so you can have your NFT on Facebook or on Instagram. So this means that the social media platform where everyone and their grandmother is on now, even the grandmothers can show off, you know, their bored apes as opposed to the grandparents or the grandchildren rather that they had as profile pictures before. So it really is, as you say, just a matter of time. And the question is more about how early you are getting in, because all of this capital that is flowing into the space, this is not going to go away.、Um, it's only a question of: Are you getting in in 2022? Are you getting in in 24? Are you getting in in 2030? But at some point, for most of us in the world, we are going to engage on a daily basis with with Web3. So, with that, I am going to give the audience a chance to get in on the action. So let me quickly have a brief look and see if the team has forwarded a question already. And in the meantime, put in your speaker request or just DM your answer, your question. Don't DM the answer. Ah, and I see there's a question already. So is there a lot of competition in the space Crazy Meta is in, Eddie? The truth is,、um, we have the whole. Chain. I mean the whole supply chain, from two D design to three D, as well as making it into NFTs and then selling it, and then making it to physical. So, competitions as 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 we have found is like there will be part of it、um, that are concentrated on the first part or the middle part or the end part, but not the full、um, chain of this. I mean, to be very frank, when we started this, we know how tiring as well as how challenging this was going to be, but. Is with our philosophy that we thought that hey, we got to do the hardest thing, and if we are able to conquer it, that would be the barrier of entry for a lot of people. At the same time, I think
we are in a very unique position, just like the experiences that I have. It, it all gathered up together to be spot on of what are needed for Crazy Matter. At the same time, um, uh, I, you know, uh, some of the founders are like like me. I'm in, I'm in China, which is the manufacturing um, production factory of the world still. And I, I'm able to like drive my car to the factory like 45 minutes and bang on the table on, on the matter of quality or with the matter of budgeting. So if I, I'm currently, to be very frank about it, uh, when, when you talk about competitions, just like what I've answered earlier, uh, because the market is so white and so big and, and design is very subjective, go back to what I've said earlier. Just do what is right. Do it eco-friendliness do the best design and make up the best product. And I think it would go viral. And when it goes viral, I don't know, hopefully we could be like a small brand that is co coexisting with the whole world. That's all it is. Awesome. I have another question. Narissa, thank you so much for this question because this is a topic very close to my heart. Um, I have advised on f four different companies uh, working in this fight against fast fashion. So I'm very curious, Eddie, to hear your, your answer to this. Can sustainable fashion benefit from Web3? I bet they are moving into it, but they earn so much money that they do not need to come into this space. I, I think fast fashion is, is like a trend. I'm not saying that it will stay or, or I do not have a foresight that it's going to be like prolonged, but um, it seems to be very adaptive to what the environment is right now because fast fashion is at least cheaper than all the branded. So in this environment, which is everybody's earning lesser, uh, the prospect is a bit greener. So I, I think it's going to stay. But the question is whether they want to move into it. If if, uh, if, if I'm is it uh, the one that is going to get listed, which is like the fast fashion right now uh, in top, Shin or something? I, th I think it's Shin. Uh, why would they want to come into NFTs when they are making like, I don't know, billions a day? Yeah. They, they, if I were to be like the owner of that, that, that startup or that company, I am jolly well going to milk every single cent right now. And, and although I, I say, hey, well, the metaverse is like cute. And then the NFT is like sexy. Uh, just take what, just take about five millions and just build a team. You know, if it succeed, fine. If it fail, it's not a problem. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm, I'm talking in term like, like a business person looking at like the whole thing. As an industry itself, I don't think it's going to get a. I, I don't think it will be like uh, over in in like a year or two years because uh, people are still going to demands new stuff and the influencers are going to wear it and state that where are they going to buy it. Uh, but if they, the, the, to merging into the metaverse itself, it will be difficult for them. I, I, I personally think it that way. I would love to, I see there's a whole list of questions coming in. So I'm equally looking at the questions, deciding which one to answer at the same time, looking at the time, realizing we have about a minute left. So I'm going to just close my eyes and pick one at random. Um, how would a company pivot from manufacturing shoes to maybe making watches, for example? So the, oh, it says increase adoption between the real world and the metaverse. So how would a company go from manufacturing one thing? And I'm not sure if this means in the metaverse, but 
yeah, how how does a company shift gears and start manufacturing, uh, let's say, in the metaverse, um, new sort of accessories or trends or whatever the case may be? It's very difficult. Uh, it's it's near impossible actually, because the capital investment into a certain categories. I'm not talking even like fashion categories. The the setup, the machineries, the the uh, people that you hire just for that job itself is is very different from from the next category that you are going to go in. Like for example, just now you say sneakers and and watch is a like like uh, heaven and 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 earth is is really the whole setup is completely different. So by stating it, like if you want to, if you if you meant physical, no, it's it's not possible, and. And what I know about manufacturing is, is the fact that once you make money from here, you stay with it, and then you either vertical or horizontal um, uh, acquire it and, and go into it. So for shoes, you go for socks. For watch, you, you may go for digital watch or, or something in, in that categories, you know? So it would not be a diverse, like, hey, I'm making shoes and suddenly I'm going to make watch. So that that is my personal opinion about it. Yeah. Great. Eddie, I wish we had another hour to go into more of these topics and especially the questions. Uh, But unfortunately, time is against us. So while time is a plus when it comes to adoption, it's a minus when it comes to Twitter spaces. So thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today on all things digital wearables, the role of NFTs in the Web3 fashion world, how the metaverse will influence how we style and present ourselves And to the audience, of course, thank you so much for joining us today. We are moving ever closer to this world where the lines between what's physical and what's digital continue to merge into this whole new way of thinking and being. And it's just been great sharing this time with you as we listen to Eddie and Crazy Meta and how they are translating these trends into reality. So, Eddie, if the audience would like to follow you, I know the Crazy Meta Twitter is uh, crazymeta underscore io, but where can people follow you individually? I'm the company, man. So just follow the company you see. Amen. All right. I I know time is (laughs) passing, so I I just want to I want to thank you, everyone. The 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 supporting round people around you has been great. So thank you very much. And I, I just have like 10 seconds of advertisement. Uh, basically, we, we are launching our Crazy Ape Mystery Box, which comes along with a physical. I think uh, Naja will be very much interested in it, and which I'm going to show it to you in the uh, Telegram group. So anyone interested, just um, you know, follow our Twitter space. We are just about going to launch it in the next uh, maybe 10 days. So look out for it. Awesome, Eddie. Well, I feel like you and I already have a shared NFT because of what Lawrence gave us. So now I also want to share with you whatever ape mystery is uh, is happening and going down. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. Thank so you very much. With that, yeah, lovely speaking to you and to the audience. I will catch you again next week for another episode of the Future of NFTs brought to you by Adlunum. Cheers, guys. Have a good day. Good week. You've been listening to The Future of NFTs. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform like Spotify or iTunes. Connect with Adlunum on Twitter at Adlunum Inc. or our website, adlunum.cc.